like none of my parents were Christians. Uh, it first started off with my dad. He was he was curious about the church, so he decided to go by himself and just to see what it's all about. So after I guess after a while, he he thought it was good. So he he asked he invited us to go to church with him, and so we agreed and we went. And that's when we met uh, Sheen's family. And so they really helped us. You know, they, were, they led us, and we, we met God through them. And for a while, and after a while, we, we were really close together. And so we, every Friday night, we would actually meet together to eat dinner and to praise God and worship. So um, in a few years, um, our parents, we... Our parents got jo- got jobs in the states, so we we moved here together. And when we first came here, we were we were strangers to this world, and so we didn't know what church to go to. So they helped us find churches. So we went whatever whenever they went. So when the first church we went was a Tree of Life. Um, it was good. Everyone was welcoming there, and after a while, after like a few retreats and camping trips, we were they like we were we got close with them. And so my mom asked one of the high school students to tutor me, and he he automatically accepted. And I was very surprised because um, I didn't know that a person who didn't know me that well would actually help me. So that was when I found out like there was something more to God. And so I started listening more to sermons and praying more. And after a while, we decided that we wanted to move to a new church. And that's when we came here. And you guys, you guys were great here. It was, everyone was very welcoming and everyone said hi to me, even though I didn't know anybody. And and also, you guys woke, uh, asked, invited me to go to lunch with you guys. And when we went to lunch, that's when I met Daniel. He was, I was sitting by myself with my friend at at, at a table, and Daniel came over and he he greeted us and he talked with us and asked how we were doing. And it it was I was very I was very surprised because it was. It was a student, not not like a church leader or anything. It was just a student like me who came and out of his way to greet us. And so that was when I felt like this is the right church for me because the Holy Spirit is really here. So thank you guys for making this my home. Christ is risen. He's risen, He's risen indeed. Amen. Um, I'm going to ask Wayne to come up and share a little bit from the scriptures for, uh, for us about the resurrection. Let's welcome Wayne up. So I'd like to read for you a uh, passage from the Gospel of John and um, chapter 21. And if you have a Bible, you can read along with me or else you can just listen. John chapter 21 Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the son of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, 
We'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, Throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have caught. Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, a hundred fifty-three, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. So in this passage, we learn that after Jesus rose from the dead, he did not immediately ascend to heaven, but he actually tarried on earth for an additional 40 days. And during those 40 days, he appeared to his disciples multiple times to reassure them that indeed he is the risen Savior. He has not risen straight to heaven, but he has stayed to prove to his disciples that he is alive and that he is real. And in what circumstance did Jesus appear to his disciples? In this passage, it tells us it's when the disciples were fishing. And for these disciples, that's their profession. Before Jesus called them, they were fishermen. And after Jesus died and resurrected, they said, well, maybe we'll go back to fishing. But here it tells us, this is the third time that Jesus appeared to his disciples. So in what other circumstances did Jesus appear to his disciples? We learn in the Bible it tells us that Jesus appeared to the disciples when they were gathered together. Once when Thomas was not there and another time when Thomas was there. And if we backtrack a little bit more, we also learn that Jesus appeared to the two who were on the road to Emmaus. And he appeared to them while they were walking, talking with them, and finally, in the end, dining with them. And before that, we also learn that Jesus appeared to Mary Magdalene while she was at the tomb looking for him. So, what do all these circumstances tell us? They tell us that Jesus is indeed the risen Savior and in all these different circumstances maybe while we are working, while we are walking, commuting, eating, hanging out, gathering, He is there in our midst. 
But for the disciples, many of them did not recognize Jesus initially that he was in the midst. But here we see that John recognized that it was the Lord. And so I just want to reflect upon this passage as to how it might apply to our lives today. Like the disciples, many of us have followed the Lord. But are we able in our daily lives to see that He is indeed alive and active in our lives? Is He the risen Savior in our lives? As we go about, like the disciples going back to their old profession, as we go about working or studying, or we go about just our daily commute or having our meals, in all these sort of everything, everyday activities in our life, do we experience Jesus as our risen Lord? So I just want to think about how is it possible for John to recognize that it is the Lord? And likewise, how is it possible for us in our daily lives, in all these little things that we do, recognize that it is indeed the Lord, that He is active and risen in our lives. And so when I think about the example of John recognizing it is the Lord, I think about how in the past, this is also what the Lord has done when the Lord first called him to be his disciples, and how he saw sort of the miracles that the Lord has done. And so in this instance, he recognized it was the Lord because the Lord blessed them with a catch of fish. And here it notes that they caught 153 fish. And I always wonder, why did they ever bother to count the number of fish? Who cares? I mean, and, and why noted in the Bible they caught exactly 153? And so we talked about this in Sunday school, and none of the kids knew why. Well, actually, they didn't know how many fish were caught, and neither did they know why it noted very specifically the number of fish that were caught. I don't have an, probably maybe the exact answer, but if I were to guess, is um, they noted down how many fish there were was because they were recounting God's blessing. And um, when I grew up in church, we used to sing a song, which I don't think we ever sung here before, but it's a very, very simple song called Count Your Blessing. It says, count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessing, see what God has done. Count your blessing, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. What this tells us is that a lot of the times, God has done many wonderful things in our lives. But it's very easy for us to forget. But if we count our blessing, it helps us to remember what the Lord has done. And when we count our blessing, we cannot but realize that He is indeed active and alive in our lives, doing many, many wonderful things. And all the things that he does, is, it happens in our everyday lives. And so, 
we just need to pay attention. And in the Bible, it, there is a, several passages that help us to sort of remind us how can we notice the Lord is indeed active and alive in our lives. So earlier we talked about Jesus appearing to his disciples while they were gathering together. And so the Bible tells us that when two or three are gathered in his name, he will be in their midst. So if we want to see God in our gathering, we just remind ourselves we need to gather in his name and he will be with us and you will see him and you experience him. There are other passages in the Bible that tells us that if we acknowledge the Lord in all our ways, He will direct our path. And that the Lord is the one that blesses us. It doesn't matter a lot of times what we try to do. Everything happens because the Lord allows it to happen. An example of that is in Psalms it tells us that unless the Lord builds, the builder builds in vain. Unless the Lord watches, the watchman watches in vain. And so, in our lives, unless the Lord gives us an A, you can study as hard as you can and you may not get an A. Or unless the Lord gives you a promotion, you can work as hard as you can and you won't get and you may not get a promotion. So we need to acknowledge the Lord in our everyday lives and see that everything that we have is not just because we work hard for it. It is the blessing of the Lord. And if we count our blessing, it would be very evident to us that God is indeed the risen Savior. He is alive and active and working in our lives. And we praise Him that when He died, not only did He die, but He rose again and He confirmed with us over a period of 40 days that He is the resurrected Lord. He is in our lives. And although now He has ascended to heaven, He tells us that in the same way the disciples saw Him ascend to heaven, one day He will return for us. So I hope this passage will encourage us to see that God is indeed our risen Savior and He is active and alive in our lives. And let us never forget all the wonderful blessings He has bestowed upon us and recount those and give Him glory. Thank you. Amen. Usually when I count my blessings, I feel like a, a person in a rap video who's looking at his stacks of bills <laughs> and I'm just glorying in my blessings like, yeah, look at all my blessings. And I forget that the purpose of counting your blessings, as Wayne reminded us, is to see in them, wow, it is Him. It is our Lord. He is alive. He is blessing us every day. And, and God is blessing us and He blesses us to be able to gather together in, in, in our community and God, with God's people. Um, and... To, to answer our prayers when we, um, when we seek Him for His path. Um, but I just also want to share that Christ also shows that He's alive and He's present even in the dark times in our lives. So we're going to watch a brief video. Uh, that is a moment when that is, it is really a challenge to count your blessings. Can you imagine Jesus on the cross counting His blessings? Can you imagine Jesus while He's hanging there suffering and dying? thinking about the things that he's thankful for. And yet it says in scripture, in one of my favorite verses, that Christ, for the joy set before him, 
endured the cross, scorning its shame. And I wonder if, if Jesus was counting fishes as he hung there on the cross. He was counting you and you and you. And the relationship that he can have with you now was his joy that allowed him to hang there on that cross and to choose life. privileges of seeing Christ at work in our church has been getting to know Jeff and Lily, um, and uh, we've asked Jeff to come and share um, his testimony of hope and in, in definitely in ordeal. So let's welcome Jeff up to share. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. Um, a couple of weeks ago, Paul came to me and asked me to share a little bit about my life and what's, go- what's been going on, um, but he told me to keep it to five or ten minutes, and I'm not sure that I can do that. Um, it's all right. Yeah. Uh, starting back at, you know, when I got out of high school, um, there was a lot of pressure on people to live the rock star life, and I think you guys all know what that, uh, that all kind of entails. Um, and I did for, for a while. I played the drums in a band. Um, we led a pretty wild life. Um, but there was something always gnawing at me at the, back, at, at the back of my mind telling me that I shouldn't be doing something like that. And um, there was a friend of mine that, that died. And I kind of took that as a sign that says, you're not supposed to be living like this. It's not what I intended you to do. Okay. Um, it took me a little bit longer, but I mean, I, I did things that I wasn't supposed to do. Um, I drove in a manner that I wasn't supposed to drive in. Luckily, I, I survived the accidents that I was involved in. Um, I think that was because God had something else for me to do. Um, I also uh, worked as a bodyguard. I worked as a as a security guard, and that mean that meant that I got to carry guns. Um, and I think that uh, God spoke to me again because I, I got to a point where I was I was very depressed. And one night I had thought about um, actually putting a gun to my head, and it was it was it was a lot of deep thought and a lot of conversing with God that, that actually um, caused me to do something else and I got rid of my guns. I, got, I, I stopped doing the things I was doing. Um, still partied like a rock star. Okay, um, Didn't have the money to do that, but I, I was doing what I could to kind of slowly um, get myself back into that life and I didn't really want to do that. Then I met Lily. And um, through the, the first couple of years of our relationship, I would take her to church, and I would drop her off, and I would go off and sit down at the beach or something in San Francisco, and I would, I would just sit there and contemplate things. Finally, she convinced me um, to go back and accept God into my life, accept Jesus into my life as my Lord and Savior. And so back in 1990, I was baptized again. And since then, I mean, it, it's been an up and down life. Yes, it has been, okay? But I've been get, been able to reconcile a lot of the things that, that have happened to me uh, by, by speaking to God, by speaking to Lily. 
and, and just the, the faith of the, the people that were around me, the faith of the church, um, helped me to get through a lot of these things. Um, and now I think you guys all know, most everybody here knows that Lily and I are really going through a, a heavy ordeal with the banks and with the, with the uh, 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 foreclosure sale of our home. And it's, again, I've reached points where I've actually thought about suicide. And it's been tough. It's been very tough. Um, Lily and I have been going through this together. We can't really, we haven't really told our, our families because of the shame that we feel. I mean, we're Asian, right? Things are not supposed to happen this way to us, or so we think. Um, yet I speak to a lot of people at, at work that are going through the same situation and that I believe has, God has put those people in my life so that I can speak to them so he can speak to me through them and it, it's been it's been helpful and then two years ago on August 3rd okay we had noted the notice was posted on our door by the new owner that we were supposed to evacuate and we were supposed to do it within three days okay um, at that point I called my I called my lawyer and he was able to get that stayed two weeks later we started coming to Hawk 6 and while it, it it's it's been a tough it's been a tough two years it's been the faith of the people the faith of the church the support of the church that's been able to help us get through this and now that we're coming to the end um, hopefully sometime in May uh, you know it's there's a light or there's a load that's been lifted from my shoulders kind of okay um, no matter what happens going forward I think that that that's proof alone to me and to Lily that God has been in our lives um, and you know I, I, I can remember when we, after we first joined Paul was talking about the birth of Eden and how he was going to have to step back and take a, a, a lesser role in the church maybe for a little while while his daughter was born. Um, and I remember him actually standing up here and crying about that. And to tell you the truth, now now I, I stand up here and I, I, I like to make people laugh. I like to make people, you know, make fun of myself because it, it, it makes everybody laugh and there's not enough laughter in this world. But right now, to tell you the truth, while I'm standing up here, I feel like crying. I really do, because of the love that I feel from the church, from my wife, okay, from all the, all of our family around us. It's it's God speaking to me again, and it's telling me to hang on. You know, He's not ready for me yet, and by doing this, He's making He's making sure that I understand. So um, I'd like to thank all of you. Lily would like to thank all of you for the support that you've given us and the love and the acceptance that we've felt coming from the church. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Kevin. Um, uh, I was born in Kuwait, a country in the East, 
you wonder why I would be born there, it's because my mom worked right there. Due to her work, my parents are separated, and my grandma brought me up. Uh, my parents later divorced. Um, due to their divorce, I was able to mature earlier than most of other children, um, and then under, also understand the world. Later, my mother moved to America, and I came along with her. Um, I was in fourth grade. I do not know anybody. I didn't even know speak a word of English other than hello, you're welcome, bye. And it's a fob accent. Um, and well, because um, I felt I did not get along with other people, I felt lonely and separated. And also, sometimes I hate myself for not being an American. Um, because of this, I developed um, depression over time. And um, later, when I hit my teen years, I started fighting with my mom. And later, last year, I went to visit my dad and it didn't work well. I attempted to suicide there, but later I got pulled back because I know I cannot do this. Um, there's too much to leave behind. I just can't. Um, later, I came to Hawk 6. Um, Hawk 6, I met many people I know from school, from, from previous relations. And, um, there's, and then they were able to help me out with my problems uh, many of times. And there's one time I was, I was fighting with my mom and then it was really out of hand. I was crying and everything. Then I remember Paul saying he, right here on Sunday, sir, Sunday saying, just call me whenever you have problems and then I don't care how late it is. I don't care. My wife is sleeping. My baby is sleeping. Just call me. And then I called him um, at about 10 in the night and he was telling me what happened and then I was through my crying sniffles I was about to tell him my troubles and Paul was able to tell me his um, problems before and then also prayed for me and then then I, I, I was like sleeping really soundly and then uh, later I recounseled my, my, with my mom and through the persuasion of my uh, church members, I was able to go to counseling with my mom and deal with her th things with her and our relationship is getting better and um, with the church's help also I was able to um, embrace my what I hated my father done because um, last year he we got into a big fight too and then he bit me and said that our relationship is over and then I took it to my heart and then I just started hating him forever so right now I'm forgiving him and thank you Upon Golgotha, where the trees 
and we'll read it to each other. So I want you to kind of, as you're reading it, sort of turn your body, face your neighbors, and we're going to say these together as soon as I can find my copy. Thank you, Matt. Here we go. Turn to your neighbors. Let's say it together. May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. Amen. God bless you. Hey, have a seat. We have a couple announcements and then we're going to do lunch together. Um, Just quick stuff. Um, thank you all for coming to our Easter service. We have service every Sunday, and if you don't come every Sunday, uh, I hope you live far away. If you don't, <laughs> then come. Uh, come every Sunday, 11 a.m. Um, also, after service today, we're going to be having lunch together, so stick around have lunch with us. We're also going to set up a basketball hoop out there and a badminton net, hang out and play. Hang out and play with us, okay? And then um, every Friday night, our Young Disciples group meets right here. If you're in high school, junior high, come and hang out with us. Uh, we have two small groups, one with Jeff and Wayne. You can talk to them about that. We have, uh, And they're on every other Saturday. We have a Friday night with Matt uh, at our house. That's every other Friday. Um, other announcements? Do we have any other announcements? Go in peace. God bless you.